0: been saying since day one you know you try to win every series and you know it's it's been it's been a long bunch of games and a lot of emotion and a lot of everything and yeah it's felt like today was a really important game uh to take the series from a really good team and to you know enjoy a nice flight and a nice off day at home and can't wait to get back home playing
1: all right kevin barker you have always told me that um when you played and it was an off day, which it is today (laughs) for the Toronto Blue Jays, you would make sure that your cell phone is turned off and hidden someplace. Um, My question to you is after seeing the Jays take two of three from the Minnesota Twins, the AL Central leading Minnesota Twins. Absolutely. The same record as them,
2: (laughs) basically. Really?
1: Um, Wow. After seeing that, do you think that a few players who may have been planning to leave their phones off today will be a little more comfortable having access?
2: to Yeah, normally I would say absolutely. You know, if you're going to send me down, you're going to have to find me. I'm I'm going to leave my phone in my room. I'm I'm not picking that phone call up, so good luck trying to find me. You'll have to come out and hunt, you know, look at the normal places that you would go look at. But if you're one of those guys on the bubble that may be sent down – you, you don't think they do the exact same thing that me and you do? I mean, go and I, look. Go and look at the minor leagues and go. <laughs> look, I just need to stop looking. I thought you were going to say that I, I, I never.
1: I, I thought you 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 were going to suggest that I hide my phone or turn it off. And,
2: uh, no, I phone mean phone. normally, absolutely, I would say that to you. But have you seen the minor leagues for the Toronto Blue Jays? Yeah. I mean, no offense, but you know, it doesn't it doesn't ooze. Uh, athleticism and, and experience and not at the up hitters. Not and yeah, it do, doesn't is that. So yeah, most of the time I'm with you on that, that, the, you know, they're going to have to hunt you down and, and to send you, to send you down. But I, you know, I'm sure that I'm sure the names that you're, you're thinking, and I'm sure that guy plays a little second, sometimes left, occasionally right who the manager loves. Cause that's the name you always go to. That's not true. Yeah, your- did, did he did hit a home run? Has not he had a, a good week and a half? He has, I a, think. A good week and a half? Yeah, good week and a half. Twenty-sixth guy doesn't have to have a good month. He gotta have a good week and a half. You know what he said? Good week and a half.
1: That's a facts. good week and a half? Those
2: are facts, Jeff. Did he not I've never been the twenty sixth guy, but I've been the twenty fifth guy.
1: Was there not an issue with his base running? Did he not yeah, make that was did two, he not, did it, two
2: weeks ago? Did
1: he not blow a, a makeable double play ball that basically Helped undo yeah, I think the last time yeah, I checked, he was
2: four for nine with a homer, mm. tied a game. Yeah, look, mm. it's what you do when you're the 26th guy. Mm. Anyhow, uh, the Jays
1: did take two of three from the Minnesota Twins over the weekend. Does it feel like it? No, <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't. But it trust, it trust me. Time. I looked, I checked the standings. It, it, look, I even wrote are it are down sure? here just to remind <laughs> myself. Three nothing yesterday, nine seven loss on Saturday. And oh, uh, what boy. the hell was it on? Uh, three was it? nothing. No, three one on Friday. Three 0 Was it nail? Three one on Friday. Oh. Three, three, oh. 3 nil yesterday. Potato. Nine seven on Saturday. Tighter I what? just I just wanted to make sure. You're right. It it doesn't necessarily feel like it, but I mean such as such as where we are with the Toronto Blue Jays. They will start a three game series against uh, the team that once upon a time drafted Kevin Barker, the Milwaukee Brewers, on uh, Tuesday at the Rogers Center, and a reminder that the Thursday game, the final game of that series, is a 107 first pitch. Uh, Boy, there's a ton to unpack uh, over the weekend. Uh, Some news kind of, sort of happened, as we expected. Danny Jansen went in the I.L. Tyler Heineman was called up. Uh, Remind me to ask you about Dalton Varsho in a minute, by the way. Uh, Kevin Kiermaier developed back tightness uh, in Saturday's game. And uh, was out of the lineup yesterday, and I so, guess
2: well, that's what happens when you're chucking balls all over places. You ain't supposed to be chucking them. Huh? Yeah, normally what happens?
1: Anyhow, uh, <laughs> so Christ. Dalton Varsho uh, took <laughs> over in center field uh, yesterday in the three nothing win, and as often happens, the ball finds you. Dalton Varsho had an had one of those games on Saturday. I mean, one home run ball glances off his glove. The other one, kind of yeah, I left
2: center field. That even touch his glove? I don't the one don't the one know. in center field. How, again, how how do you how do you say something bad about somebody when they're given everything the, they can possibly get? Is and yeah. it just he just didn't catch
1: it. Now, Elwalent he's I'm a, he, he's a shorter guy. No one's saying anything bad about him, but the point is, it happened. No one's it, and it does happen. It happens to good outfielders. He's giving you all he's got. It That's to all you can ask.
2: Well, yeah.
1: Anyhow, well, he is. Uh, and. Uh, you know, and yesterday he made a catch in center field that a lot of people seem to get really worked up about. I didn't think it was going out of the park, but that's just me. But anyhow, Dalton Varshow. Well, Dalton Varshow had himself a game. Uh, had himself a game on Saturday. Had himself a game on Sunday as well. But to me, the big story, Kevin, people are looking for positives here. Uh, well, there's two positives. One, Bo Bichette just keeps on hitting. But the other... Again, the the starting pitching. Chris Bassett was not was not great on on Saturday, but my goodness, Jose Barrios yesterday, five walks. But you found something, and and Kevin Gossman the the start before on Friday, you found something about Jose Barrios. Or you mentioned something so you to me say. about Jose Barrios yesterday that I wanted to talk about because you said you thought again. I said to you, man, five walks, and I, and I said to you, I thought he pitched. A lot better than five walks indicated. And you mentioned the word sequencing. So talk about that because you thought yeah. it was one of the best games yeah, yeah, he's get, pitched since I in, give in in a long time.
2: I give Kirky credit too. It looked to me like they were on the same page. They were pushing the right buttons. They were setting up in the right lanes. It's 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 just the way he would throw certain pitches. Like he would go slurve for strike one, he would backdoor a slurve for strike through, strike two, he would throw a change up down and away, or into a righty. That's how you have to get certain guys out when you sometimes leave the slurve out right over the plate. you got to be a little unpredictable. He was a lot better at that, right? It's like, again, it's, it's how you set certain pitches up, right? It's the slurve away. It's the change-up in. It's the elevated four-seamer. If I'm a hitter hitting, I'm thinking to myself, what am I attacking? He's trying to throw it to all parts of the strike zone. It's not like I can zone up, split it in half, split it in quarters, look for a window. It's very hard to do that when you got all your pitches working and your misses are good. Like, there wasn't a lot of right down the middle unless they were O. o And when they were O 0 it was an 81-mile-an-hour changeup. And, oh, by the way, he's... Varying the the velocity on his changeup, we saw seventy eight. Something we you talked about, yeah, it's a big deal, right? Whenever you can do that, and now your fastball is eighty four, eighty five, and occasionally you don't locate that where you want it to go because the uh, the variance in the the pitches that you have, you can sort of sometimes get away with those. I I like it. Like I told you just a couple starts ago, I've been hard on him because of what he signed for. It's life. You, and it's when, not when his you, fault. I, that I, for. It may, look. So what? Like, when, whenever you sign for 130 and you look like a, a $3 million pitcher, you're, you're going to get talked about like that. And mm-hmm. now, now I think he's just turned the corner mechanically. We've seen, we've talked about every little move that he's made to be able to have the same release point over and over and over and over again and self-correct on the mound. What did I tell you last year? Dude, have been around that long. Don't know how to self-correct, make you scratch your head a little. Now, all of a sudden, you can see him on the mound. Whenever he throws it, he knows right away because it's simple. There's not a ton of moving parts to it. Like, he doesn't turn his body as much now. It's now I'm I'm pitching out of the stretch. I pick my leg up. I have the same release point. I try and locate it the best I can. I live to fight another pitch. That's sort of the Jose Barrios that we're falling in love with. 23 batters he faced. He threw 19 strike ones. If you want to start anywhere... That's right. A great there's place a pretty good place to start.
1: Also, uh, shout out to the bullpen for their performance on Absolutely. Sunday. Nine strikeouts, three from Richards. Trevor
2: Richards. Trevor i Trevor by high leverage.
1: Well, he's Me,
2: I'd rather have him than Nate Pearson. That's just me. I'm raising my hand yeah, 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 and yeah, saying it right now. About that. Three strikeouts right,
1: from Trevor Richards, three from Eric Swanson, three from Jordan Romano. You won't feel that way in another two weeks, don't worry about it. But <laughs> the uh <laughs> the bullpen play the hot hand. The bullpen did well, yeah, that's, yeah, that's what they're going with. But the, the chances of that hot hand fizzling out are
2: any time the a pitching good. coach has to run out and go, "Hey, you throw a hundo, how about we throw that one You're time?" Still want about that? No, me, no, he You're because we saw, we saw we saw the three two slider and then we saw it in his last outing in the eighth inning. Because guess who was texting mm. me? It's about time he's in the eighth inning, right? And then the manager or the pitching coach has to run out and say, "Hey, you got a really good fastball, throw it." Mm. And then he throws it and it looks good. That's all.
1: Anyhow, I, I don't. I, I don't know why you're so. Why you're, you're so? You, you've got your pitchfork out.
2: Not really. No, I, he's got a great fastball. Fastballs are hard to hit. We've yeah, talked about is. the Blue Jays lineup. How big of an issue they have with the elevated fastball. What's Nate Pearson do better than most? Because he throws a hundred. Throw the elevated fastball. How about try that a lot. Well, if he tries that a lot, then give him the ball in the eighth I will inning say all you, you
1: this. want. I will say this to you. Yeah. I will say this Because he's got a you. good one. If, if we have this discussion in another mm-hmm. month and you still have no confidence on Nate Pearson and high leverage. In another month. Let me finish. If we have this conversation in another month and you don't have confidence, Nate Pearson and high leverage and the season's done.
2: Because oh, it, it, I'm, I'm just telling it's you. It's all I, about Nate Pearson. Getting that way.
0: Wow.
2: Not all about wow. him. It's not all not about him. Me. I mean, getting you, that you way. Could, you it's, could argue it's way more about the,
1: got line, not the lineup than it is you, about Nate Well, Pearson. no, but I am think I'm looking yeah. at the bullpen. I'm looking at the bullpen. Because, I mean, let's face it. Right now, you don't know what you're going to get from Jimmy Garcia. Chances are it's Those not going to be good. Uh, you know, Eric Swanson. It, Eric Swanson. It, doing better. Eric Swanson things. Yeah. He looked better. And Trevor Richards. I'm Keep it going, Trevor Richards. Keep it going. But to me... That's the thing that will implode on you one day. I mean, that's in, the a, next, that's in the next, in the next, in the next few mm-hmm. games, in the next few games, Trevor Richards will be in a position of leverage, and be Trevor Richards, the Trevor Richards we knew from last year. And okay. that's and 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 that's that doesn't mean that he doesn't have a spot in the ball. Well, it just gets back to the. I'm just the, saying I'm not ready to set him they, they, set him up as uh, as,
2: as the most reliable reliever in the bullpen. you what I've said for a year. That they don't have a championship bullpen. Yeah. They have a good enough bullpen to make the playoffs. I've always agreed with you that the, yeah. that the so you're saying isn't the same thing. They don't really have a. They got I'm like five names that they're trying to piece together to get it to Jordan. Yeah, well, that's basically I, I, what I'm it saying.
1: Is. That of the guys in the bullpen, really the only one with any sort of where you look at it and go, you know, that guy could be a difference maker is mm. Nate Pearson. No, nobody else in that bullpen is going to be a difference maker. Okay. There, that, I mean, nobody else in that bullpen has the potential to be a difference maker. They are what they are. The one guy who could be more than he is right now is Nate Pearson. Okay. Anyhow, we had this Nate Pearson. We're going to have this argument.
2: Well, it's not an argument.
1: Going on. Uh, it's not an argument. Going on forever. Um, the lineup. Uh, again, if Kevin with Danny Jansen out, Alejandro Kirk is going to do the bulk of the catching. i got a question for you. And I, I talked about this with uh, Ailish Forfor, uh, Forfar and uh, and um, and Justin on the morning show today. And I didn't really think of it at the time when Danny Jansen went down. And this is a horrible hindsight question. I will throw my hands up and admit it's horrible hindsight. Looking back now, do you think maybe the Jays shouldn't have told Dalton Varsho to hide the catcher's equipment?
2: I don't think they have told him that.
1: Has he caught?
2: No, but he's been ready to catch. Like has he uh, what a couple of games ago, in the, in the late in the game, he was going to catch. If didn't catch, he has he oh, caught yeah. in spring training? Yeah, no, yeah, mm. he, he caught some sides when I was there. I saw is him wearing in a gear game in spring training. I don't think so. Okay, I mean, put the All finger right. down, catch the ball. Oh
1: yeah, because how works. hard is that? Well, or
2: push the button. How hard is it? Yeah, I mean, uh, how hard it's is It's not is like that? he's do been it watching
1: for this team this year. Fifteen innings. It's been hard. for He's very athletic. Anyhow, I'm surprised that it wasn't. I'm surprised that, that there wasn't more emphasis placed on that in in spring training. Um Ooh. I just am. I mean it's moot now because if if Kevin Kiermeyer's or
2: Dalton Varsho is going to have I to would play I would say that that that's on the list of things you got to worry about. No, not for all me. I, all like I'm, the, the the one thing you got to worry about is the dude hitting third. Yeah,
1: I'll, but all, all I'm Yeah, and every time I'm I'm not saying that that is a crisis situation. I'm saying for a team that's that doesn't have any catchers.
2: Yeah, we could say they don't have a cleanup hitter. Right. Uh, they don't have a true eighth-inning guy. Left. Right. They don't have some the, things. The difference, is, the
1: difference, Kevin, is they don't have a cleanup hitter in the organization. They, it, it,
2: that's the problem.
1: The thing is, they do have a guy who's caught in the organization. That's Dalton Varsha. That's all I'm saying. I'm just saying I'm a little yeah, surprised. Think, it sounds I'm like, a little surprised that there wasn't... Sounds
2: uh, like he feels comfortable enough that he can get back there, squat right. down, and catch the baseball. We shall see. Yeah. We shall see. Hopefully, you don't see it. Uh,
1: Vladdy Jr. Ju- no. We're, we, Hopefully, do We're, we're going to see it at some point. Vladdy Jr. Uh, again... It's, uh, I mean, the same old with Flatty. People, you know, smart people keep telling me that not to worry because he's making hard contact, yada, yada, et cetera, et cetera. And maybe he is, but man, he sure doesn't seem to be having much of an impact on the game. I mean, I look back to Saturday's game, you know, between him and Brandon Belt, Brandon Belt getting called, mm-hmm. looking on three pitches, uh, sorry, two called strikes, but getting called out on the mm-hmm. third pitch. After after Bo's driven in a single, I mean, again the, the the Twins were leading the game at that point, and they ended up going on to win the game. But man, that was that was hard to watch, and it continues to be hard to watch.
2: Yeah, it was one for thirteen against the Twins. It's again the, the you know the, the I said this to you about the team meeting. Well, the, I, if I was I'm not I wasn't in the room. Nobody was in the room, right? I, obviously, other than the players and and the coaches, some of the coaches, but when they were speaking, they were speaking to Vladdy. He was one of the guys that they were saying. They weren't going to say his name out loud, but they were. that was one of the times where you, were, you had an opportunity to say what you needed to say so everybody could hear it out loud. And one of the guys that are going to hit third, the reason why he's hitting third and hitting behind the guy he's hitting behind is to do special things and help this team, you know, to win a lot of baseball games in a row, which is what they're going to have to do. Look, it, I, I've been, for, for me at least, for a guy that's done the things that he's done in the big leagues and his many home runs and hits the balls as hard as he hits it. It's not mechanical. Like we can sit over there and watch Bo do that thing all he did in the dugout, and you know we're all breaking down that the you know the front hip is leaking and and you know the bat's dragging and sure? the barrels underneath the hands. Are and we sure we, I'm, of what? They, I'm are sure we that's sure? A of little. Are oh, we sure is. what
1: they talk about? And no, I, no, I often idea. wonder about this.
2: Well, he's not. He's not talking about the the you know the person in the fourth row. Whenever the dude that's leading the world and everything offensively and is the best hitter on on your team by far, I just it's think not even close. Sometimes trying may, to do things with your barrel yeah. and you know, looks. Sometimes <laughs> I, we try to.
1: I think we I, make too big a deal out of that stuff. Vladdy's got well, to. Vladdy's got to figure out what Vladdy's got to figure I, out. Bo is not going to help him. Bo's. They're not similar hitters. Uh, he doesn't have he doesn't have the athleticism that Bo does. Vladdy's got to figure it out himself. It's nice that Bo is sitting in the dugout talking to him. Vladdy's got to figure it out himself. Yeah, it's what He can't do, do. it. He can't do what, what what Bo- do. he can't do what Bo that's does.
2: Why they, that's why they, when they came up together, they sort of know whenever you struggle, this is what you look like. This is what you don't look like. Go back to doing this. You know, you got a little thing when you struggle. Did Vladdy ever struggle in the minor leagues? Absolutely not. That's why you want to go to the minor leagues, right? And struggle is so you have something you can go back to to figure out whatever that is. Soft toss, off the tee. You know, I, I stride separate. I don't do all this fruition of his gatherer, all that stuff going on. For me, it comes down to one thing. You've had a lot of success in the big leagues. It's about what you swing at. We can, we can say all these things about he's late, you know, he's gliding. Yeah, he's probably doing that. He's probably doing that because of what he's swinging at. That that for me is what it is. And you made a great point by he ain't Bo. He been He's hitting behind Bo, and he sees Bo hit everything that's thrown in the general area code. He isn't Bo. And he he's, tries. Not as, he's not his old man either. If you were sitting over, standing over there, and your team really needed you, and we just had a team meeting, and a lot of it I'm sure was about you, don't you want to stand over there and try and do special things like the dude that's hitting in front of you? I do think there's a little bit to it when it comes to that, too. And I do think right now he's just caught up in between – trying too hard i hate to say that cuz he's had too much success at the big league level to be a trier huh. you got to know how sometimes just to you know step back and and let you take over the op- and right now he's in between that so the long optimist- winded answer get a better pitch to hit yeah. and he'll look
1: better i've been saying that for well it's the six it's weeks. true
2: i know it's it is it's true
1: i know it is and it's puzzling that um it it's it's just puzzling that it continues to be an issue with him
2: and I've asked if he's hurt. You know, the knee thing, the yeah. wrist thing, I've asked. I've been, I have get the same answer. He's playing, ain't
1: he? Yep.
2: So. No, it, it's just you
1: wonder. You know, it makes you wonder when you see a guy have the type of uh, lack of production that he's had. Now, uh, maybe, and I keep saying this with my fingers crossed, the weather's going to be warm this weekend. I trust that the roof will be open when the Jays are back in town mm-hmm. for that series against the Milwaukee Brewers. maybe. The roof open, hot weather. Maybe yeah. the ball flies a little more out of here. The the best thing, you know, the best thing that could happen to Vladdy right now is yeah. for him to hit a home one, run in the him first to put one into the five hundred level <laughs> so at the So you got any Center.
2: candles left over?
1: Oh yeah, light them. That would be the best thing for him. Yep, be, and the be, team and and the team. Yeah, correct. You're and, exactly right. And the uh, and the team as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, the Jays have today off. They'll start a three game series against the Milwaukee Brewers tomorrow. Uh, we're going to be joined by Jim Cott, former MLB nice. pitcher and broadcaster, 2022 Hall of Fame inductee awesome. and author of Good, Good as Gold, My Eight Decades in Baseball. Ah, we're going to talk to we're going to continue crazy. to talk to Jim a little bit about something we delved into last week as it relates to Alec Manoa. And that is the the the, the, the pace. And we'll talk to we'll talk to Jim in general about about where the game is and uh, get his view on on uh, Jose Barrios. He was a broadcaster. Jim was for the Twins when Barrios was there, so we've certainly seen a lot of him. And Caleb Joseph, Blue Jay Central awesome. analyst, will join us at 6.30, Hi. and we'll have our In the East segment after 5.30 as well. That's where yeah. we take a look around yeah. the East. Some games being played today because it's Memorial Day. Uh, top of the ninth, the Cubs are still leading the Rays. Is that game over yet? one nothing Cubs? one nothing Cubs mark... One hits one hit shut up from my guy, Marcus Stroman. no hitter carried into the seventh inning for the Stro Show. Yeah, yeah, the Stro show Just well, He's p- locating down he's like pitching that up that trade value. he's pitching up that trade value. Look, give him credit. He and can pitch. Uh, good news, the Baltimore
2: Orioles five nothing losers to the Cleveland to the Cleveland Guardians. You worried about Matt Chapman? He's hitting under 200 in a month of May. Uh, can I give you my answer? Yeah, give me your answer cuz I don't know. Uh I do. Oh. Okay. okay, okay. He's late. You you watch him. He's been late since May. It, when the calendar rolled to May, the lower half things late. You it does not take There's, a guy. It doesn't take a person to sit here and and break down swings this is like sound, I try and do all the time. This is going to sound really dumb.
1: That. Yep. This is going to sound really dumb. So I know you want me to say it. Cuz you enjoy it when I say dumb things. Mm. Can I wait Until the second week of June, before I say anything about Matt Chapman, because the first month was so good. The second month has been so bad. I'm I'm hoping, you know, you're never as good as when you're great. You're never as bad as when you truly suck. I'm kind of hoping
2: that that there's that kind of squishy middle. If they were in third place, I'd say go for it. Okay. Let let, let, it, let him go out there and do the same thing over and over and over again. But he is late. And let him try and is, figure it out. It's noticeable. Yeah, yeah. It, it is noticeable. It, it, it Even absolutely to a non-player, is non-player. Well, it's he's noticeable. a he's a veteran player who has tried to change things. And you brought up Dalton Varsho. So did he? Like he did he did some things early on with the stride separation, right? And was having a real tough time getting good rotation and off the backside and driving barrel to baseball. Sort of looks like Matt Chapman. That lower half thing. I'm not saying eliminate it, but when it's been an entire month and your team needs you bad, like they need you, they need you bad. And right now, occasionally, you're not an, you're not a hard out. So that, he he would be the for me anyway, the one guy other than Vladdy. That how many times you got to walk up there and be late? on sort of the same kind of way they're trying to get you out. It's not the elevated fastball with him. Occasionally it is with two strikes, but a lot of them are 0 oh, you know, 1-0, 2-1, 3-1. He's getting some, and some good counts with some good pitches that it just seems like either he's in between, he's starting the lower half too early, too late. It's in between, and you know as well as anybody, when your lower half, Is in between your barrel plays catch up and it does. It looks like a a wind, absolutely. It looks like a windmill. And when it looks like a windmill, he swings under baseballs. And these smart pitching coaches and the khakis are sitting over there going, We see what you're doing or what you're not doing. And what are we going to do? We can flip it to you and we can elevate it or we can just give you the old good one. Say, Here it is because, and we can do it quick-pitching you a little bit. I'm not saying they get it and go, but they'll get it. Sometimes they'll hold it. They'll make him stand there, and then they'll throw. Sort of like Vladdy. You know, early in the season, last year, I think, end of the season, they started holding it on Vladdy, making him stand there like a statue yep. before he started getting all that stuff going because it's a lot of parts, and he wants a lot of rhythm to get the timing, the front foot, the good separation, the athletic position, all those things. Matt Chapman's no different. I just wonder, this is just me, a guy that's been around as long as he has, consistently does that over and over again. Why? I'm not saying eliminate the toe tag, because it works. It's obvious that it's been working, at least early in the season. But May, uh-uh. That's, that's just me. Like, I I wonder, because he's hitting in the meat of the order. He comes up a lot with some dudes on base. I mean, they, they're they going to say they need him to catch fire and like the. That's all. There's the, that urgency of, okay, I've tried that. I know it works because it's worked the first month, and I was player of the month, and all that's fine dandy, but it's been an entire month where it hasn't worked. Numbers will tell you that. Don't yeah. need a smart person to, you know, tell me how many bars he hits hard or he's just missing them. No. It's results-oriented now, right, because of where their team's at and how they need him and where he hits in the order. Matt Chapman's batting
1: so. average is fall, he's now 285. Sitting like 188,
2: in May. 188. I mean, Vladdy's I mean, 188. 284.
1: 188. Um, Whit Merrifield's still 285. Bobichette 338. Um, again, two for four yesterday. <clears throat> it's crazy. It, it is crazy. The home run he hit on on Saturday.
2: Pull secondary pitches, hit the fastball up the middle. Utah, the other way. It
1: was funny because one of the one of the themes we've been talking about for the past two weeks, and a lot of it comes from something John Schneider told us on our show. But one of the things we've talked about is getting a pitch you can hit and getting a pitch that you can make maximum do maximum damage on, and that's exactly what Vladdy did in that home run.
2: With that you mean both,
1: or Bo, Sorry, that's exactly what yeah, Bo yeah. did well, he, with that home
2: run. Well, his, his, I, you, you can tell his. Approach- I'm sorry, I'm
1: thinking of no. It was the triple. It's a triple where he got to three and two by taking a couple of close pitches. On the triple, the stand-up Yeah, yeah
2: it's the two-strike approach is second to none. Like, you you, you you know, I used to go out in my backyard and try to be Ken Griffey Jr. Like, I'd stand straight up and down. I'd have a little wiggle. You know, I'd throw my little wiffle ball in the air and I'd whack it. There's no way I'd go in my backyard and try and do bow because I can't. That's what's special about that. You can't do that. You can't go kick it to your ear, wrap it, get it out. You can't do that. Like, no, no kid wants to try and do that. That's what's... Every person that ever talks about bow says the same thing. It's a how do you do that? Like how how do you wrap it, land, open your front hip is towards the third base bag, which is you're never supposed to do. You drop your back elbow, you get your barrel way back here. You have so much barrel awareness that you always know where it's at. That's why you can cover from your ear to your toe. And then you just use line to line. And you're not afraid to have three hits in a row of like 80-mile-an-hour exit velocity. You don't care. You don't care about that. Nope. It's about getting hits and getting on base. He could care less. Yep. And now, occasionally, when he wants to try and help his team out and drive a baseball, he'll try and cheat a little. You can even see it. Like, the leg kick's not as high. He'll get it down sooner. He'll cheat to get the barrel out front to hit it pull side. He doesn't have a tremendous a lot of power to the other way, right? So, he's not... Going to try and hit a right. home run over there. If he's trying to hit a homer, it's to the pull side. So it's elite stuff. Like, you just look at it, and you're, you're in awe of what he does. Special stuff. And it's no help to Vladdy standing on the on-deck circle either. I've done that. I've been there. I've, I hit behind Jeff Jenkins a couple of times when he was and getting paid. I tried to be Jeff Jenkins. He died, and I'm sitting here with you. That's basically what happens. He's gone from Jeff Jenkins to Jeff Blair. <laughs> How about it? Could be worse. <laughs> what could it?
1: Oh, let me think. I can think of a couple of Jeffs that, uh, uh you know, I love you. Uh, yeah. That, <laughs> allegedly. So, uh, you talked about special stuff, uh, special uh. stuff today, uh, for a couple of our favorites. First of all, Liam Hendricks activated. Oh, that's great. Uh, after beating cancer. Um, and kudos to the Jays. The Jays sent out a tremendous, if you had a chance to look at it, a tremendous mm-hmm. uh, tweet on social media with a bunch of players welcoming awesome. Liam Hendricks back uh, from his battle with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. And tonight, Mike Soroka makes his first pitching appearance on a major league mound since 2020 yeah. for the Atlanta Braves against I'm the Open af- Athletics after repeat a couple of Achilles. I mean, I don't I'm going to get into the injuries because
2: I – it's just it's You think a mental grind he's going through tonight, yeah. standing on the mound because it doesn't go well for him, right? He's hoping that what he's yep. done change-wise, mechanically, is going to translate, and he doesn't have to worry about getting hurt anymore. You know, it's yep, it's churning up there, right? Yeah,
1: there'll be a lot of folks yeah. in Calgary paying attention to that. So Absolutely. we certainly wish uh, both Liam Hendricks and Mike Soroka all the best. Uh, again, they're two uh, two dudes that are <laughs> favorites of this show. They're awesome, um, and uh, two. Two dudes that we consider friends in a lot of ways. So well done to both of them Mm -hmm. and uh, best of luck. It is Monday. That means we will take our weekly look around the AL East. Lots shaken out in the AL East, including this. Which major league team has the best record in the past 25 games? It is an AL East team. I bet you don't know the answer. I'll tell you what it is when we come back. It's Blair and Barker. It's Sportsnet 590. The fan at Sportsnet 360. Breaking down the top stories in the NHL every day. The Jeff Merrick Show. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so I've got a uh, chance for you to win a pair of Blue Jays <laughs> tickets. Good luck. <laughs> If Good you get, luck. if you get this, yeah, here's the you thing. You earned them. No, <laughs> if, if you if you get the answer to this question, you're old. Yeah,
2: Well it's yeah. I then, guess uh, yeah. That's you're a great old. point.
1: You're old, or you really love baseball, or you really love baseball. Yeah. Uh, we've been giving you ch- we've been giving you the chance to win Blue Jays tickets all season long here in Blair and Barker. Whether you listen on the radio or on our podcast, all you have to do is text the correct answer to our daily baseball trivia question. Well, it's sort of semi-daily now, to 590-590. Our last trivia question and answer was, this three-time All-Star won the 1988 All-Star Game MVP award and caught two no-hitters during his career. The answer was Terry Steinbeck of the Oakland Athletics. Oh, terrific player. Today's question is to win tickets to see the Jays and A's down at the Rogers Center on June 24th. And if you're really nice, the A's will probably ask you to pitch for them. MLB legend Ricky... And you couldn't do worse than some of the stuff they've been turning out. MLB legend Ricky Henderson was traded to the Blue Jays from Oakland ahead... Well, I'm not lying. MLB legend Ricky Henderson was traded to the Blue Jays from Oakland ahead of the 1993 trade deadline. Which Blue Jay was already wearing Henderson's famous number 24 and asked to change his number. Again, MLB legend Ricky Henderson was traded to the Jays from Oakland ahead of the 1993 trade deadline. Which Blue Jay was already wearing Henderson's famous number 24 and asked to change his number? Text the answer to 59590 for your shot to win. She is mm. See rules at sportsnet.ca. Don't look it up. Slash 590. Don't look it up. And we'll it, know if you look she, up. Yeah. If, if, like, you it up. Yeah, yeah, send it in right away. After ten minutes, nah, Jeff's way older minutes, than you guys
2: are, and he didn't. get it. That's right. That's right. <laughs> that's a fact. So, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I had no idea, but
1: and I went through the whole damn lineup. Do you remember well. him
2: wearing the that jersey number? Now that now that the you other know it, no, no, yeah, not a chance. You don't I, remember that? I don't remember the other guy.
1: <laughs> no, but don't forget. Well, well I wasn't covering the team. Then. Uh, I was yeah, I was true. covering a National League team. Yeah, that's true. You know, ask me who wore that number for the, for the Expos, and I could probably tell you, Mike Aldretti. But I can't tell you what, uh, who wore that number for... Actually, I don't know if Mike Aldretti did. But uh, I can't tell you who wore that number for the Blue Jays. But if you can, you got a chance to win tickets to go and see the Jays and A's, and who knows, maybe wow. pitch in a Major League game. <laughs> Absolutely. Take your chances. Mark Boffo, our producer. The correct answer already? A few people? Yeah, let me guess. Well, if they're if they're using it, I was going to say, let's find out how old some of them are. Well, you can't F- call them back. Just say, how old are you? Just say we're doing a uh, we're doing a, a social experiment. On Blair oh yeah, and I guess they
2: do because they got to get them tickets.
1: But you can go. You can call back. You can text them back. Say Blair wants to know how old you are. Actually, do that in all seriousness. Text a couple of them back and say Blair wants to know how old you are. They're not doing that. Hey, you know what time it is? It's a Monday. That means. Ah, in the east time for our favorite segment you don't mean that one of our favorite favorite segments no i do mean it's It's just again it's 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 just it's a
2: little bit of work for you
1: and you just
3: it's a lot of work
1: for me you got you got saturday sunday i don't have saturday it makes no sense in putting it together on a saturday or sunday because stuff happens. you got to put it together on a Monday. And today, of course, because it's Memorial Day, and yeah. you're, uh, in the, uh, if you're in the States listening or watching, Gus, uh, please take a second to uh, remember what Memorial Day Absolutely. is all about. But uh, well th- that's confused things because, well, of course, they've decided to play baseball today. And as I mentioned, the uh, Rays have already lost one nothing to uh, huh. my guy Marcus Stroman and uh, the uh, Baltimore Orioles. Already lost to the Cleveland Guardians. Good pitching
2: always beats good hitting. It does. The uh,
1: Rays are at Wrigley Field for three games against the worst team in the NL. That is the Cubs. That's true. Yeah, it is true. Well, now they're tied with the Washington Nationals, I believe, going into today. Wow. They were the, uh, going into today, they were the worst team. And then it's on to Boston for three games against the Red Sox. And I want you all to, to contemplate this for a minute. The Rays are done with the Yankees until August, I believe. They're done with the Jays until September. And after this series, this week, next weekend, they'll be done with the Red Sox until the first week of September. So you got no head-to-head chances to catch up to the race. Essentially, what I'm saying is the division race could be over. The race for the division title could be over. Jays got no chance of winning
2: that, is what you're saying? I don't think they do. Mm.
1: Anyhow, the Rays are coming off a 7-3 homestand. They wrapped it up with an 11-10 win over the, uh, over the Dodgers on uh, Sunday. And as I mentioned, there were no hit by Marcus Stroman today through six until Wander Franco singled and stole second. The game on Sunday, which was really one of the games of the year, the Rays had six players with multiple hits. Six had drove in at least one run. This was a real Rays win. Jason Adam got his first two-inning save of his career. Uh, when Pete Fairbanks reported hip discomfort in the bullpen, and wouldn't you know it, Pete Fairbanks has gone on the I.L. today with uh, hip soreness, hip inflammation is what they're calling it. So, of course, that means the Rays will find somebody who'll come up and save five games over the course of the next week and then throw them away. But uh, the biggest news of the weekend for the Rays, Tyler Glasner started Friday for the first time since suffering a strain of bleak in spring training. And although his fastball velo was down basically a mile an hour consistently yeah. compared to last year, the curve was dynamite. He struck out eight Dodgers in four and a third innings. Yep. Generated 17 misses on 38 swings. This is his first start since the beginning of 2021. And, of course, that oblique injury that I, ta- injury that I talked about, you all know that uh, it came on the heels of Tommy John surgery. And let's face it, in, in the AL East, man, a, a healthy glass now. Game-changing. Uh, yeah, well, he could be the AL East version of a nuclear weapon. No question. He really couldn't. Here's, yep. here's Kevin Cash talking about Tyler Glasnow's return.
0: Was there something you were looking for that you saw that made you feel good about his
1: outing?
4: Um, no, not anything particular. Strikes, just consistency in the zone, and we saw that. I mean, you saw the stuff early on that it's no different than what we saw
2: last uh, October. It's pretty wipeout stuff. We picked up a bunch of strikeouts to a very good hitting team.
1: And here's uh, Tyler Glasnow himself. He's a man of few words a lot of Mm -hmm. times. And if you uh, watch this interview, you you can tell that um, the guy was just happy to be back on the mound.
0: Tyler, did you say counter-rotation? Can you explain what that means? Just, like, a little across my body. Just, I think, like, trying to get too much with, like, my friends had to get a little left-right. And then I kind of—I'm not behind the ball. But um, it's been getting better. uh,
1: That's— Tyler Glasnow talking about one of the issues that he had with his pitching. He also obviously went on to yeah. say you know, it was great to finally get out there, but he did. was interesting. You could tell that he was, as I said, he was happy to be back out there, obviously, but um, there was, you know, I wouldn't say concern, but there was certainly he... he he was taking it, I guess, in stride is the way I'd put it.
2: Yeah, he's in the big leagues. I mean, I'd get over it. <laughs> like his breaking ball is a little harder. I know the velocity. You know, he's probably trying too hard. Like that's what you do, right? You mm-hmm. you put on is, those those brand new. What is counter rotational? Well, mm-hmm. it basically means whenever your your front side, so when you lift your leg, your front leg starts going down the mound. You want a little bit of. Rotation with your back shoulder going the opposite direction. It's sort of like that athletic position when you're a hitter, right? You want your front foot going one way, your hands going the other. Pitcher's no different. The throw as hard as he possibly can, you want it going opposite directions a little bit. He's talking about the upper half was turning just a little bit too much. Ball's a little all over the place. He didn't, you know, sort of have it going where he wants it to go, and he wasn't locating and throwing. It was coming out free and easy. So it's something he needs to work on. But I'm with you. Like, just having him throw in a game with where they're at in the standings and what kind of team they have and how they win games now. I mean, they lead baseball in homers and stolen bases. Like, if that doesn't bode well for you, you know, in the playoffs and in September and going late, right? So if you're not hitting homers, you know, I hit a bloop single, I steal second, maybe I steal third. Like, you can manufacture runs, dare I say that? How dare I ever say that? That's how they beat a lot of people. Yeah. Is you know you, can, you just can't defend that. You for whatever reason we've seen it with the Blue Jays, they can't hold runners on. So that's why sort of they're the best team in baseball right now. They do a bunch of different things to win games.
1: Yeah, and um, you know the thing with the Rays is this: this winning all these games and putting them in, putting those wins in your hip pocket is great when you've got a bunch of pitching injuries, which they do. Right, the Rays always have pitching injuries, but they've got a fair number of them right now, including two fifths of their starting their season starting rotation out and now uh, yeah. pete fairbanks out so it's it it the the rays if if the rays can continue and i don't know if they're going to continue at this pace but if they, they can continue to maintain the lead, okay. they're going to buy some time for guys to get believe healthy
2: it, can i poke a hole in it yes they're 25 and 4 i believe at home yeah they're 13 and 11 after today's loss on the road where are you if i'm a Rays fan it would you're gonna have to sooner or later go on yeah. the road in the playoffs and play right so Maybe that has something to do with the health issues around the pitching, and you have your better guys on the road at sort of bows well because of the experience. Well, and, and that, but they're still a really, really good and team. And they were
1: also beaten. Were, not, were they not beaten by the Jays? The Rogers Center didn't. Doesn't yeah. that account for three of those losses? I think so. I but mean, they're that's still 13 11. Still 13 11, that's right. Uh, meanwhile, the Baltimore Orioles uh, lost 5 nothing to the Guardians this afternoon. They sent down their top pitching prospect, Grayson Rodriguez, after a rough outing on Friday. Caught a bit of this. He gave up eight earned runs and three and two thirds. His whip is 1.721 after 10 major league starts. And uh, manager Brandon Hyde said he's going down to, quote, get a reset. Again, he is their top pitching prospect. Uh, You know, yeah, he got rocked when he was up here. He had a couple of decent starts. Bottom line is, though, he helped them keep it all together. And... I mean, this is what the Orioles are all about this year is just finding a way to win at particular times. They beat the Rangers on Sunday. They avoided the first series sweep and avoided tying a season high with three consecutive losses. That's the thing that's kind of amazing to me about the Orioles is their season-long losing streak, Kevin, is three in a row. Considering the division they're playing in, that's awfully tough. And, and Brandon Hyde, their manager... Well, he said after that game that he just continues to be impressed with the swagger and confidence that his team has.
0: I love um, the fact that we're um, we, we don't feel like we're ever out of a game when we're down, and that uh, the next day is uh, you can't really tell if we won or lost in our in our clubhouse. And I think that that's a that's a great attribute. I think that, that um, for the guys that have been here through some tough years, I think they're really excited to play, and they. Come up back from losses before, and and they're they're just got a great way about them. Um, Cedric Santander, Hazy, like these guys are just even keel uh, ball players that that want to play. And uh, we added in some awesome guys that have been in other organizations that have incredible makeup and, and fit so wonderfully into our clubhouse and show great leadership. And Kyle and and Adam and uh, and James McCann, they're just total pros and uh been in tough cities to play that and done some cool things so yeah i just like the makeup of our club
2: i mean it's hard to argue with. well them. it sounds it's like our manager's is team's in second place yeah like, like if you walk into a blue jays clubhouse after after a loss you're gonna know that loss right because yeah. they're in last place so yeah but like i'm assuming that the hazy is austin, austin, austin haze I, I look I'm not supposed to root for people I don't think in the in the in the business that we're in. You watch it, he's hard not to root for. He's a really good player that nobody ever talks yes, about. He like is. he just does things to help a really good team win a baseball game. He's sort of like Whit Merrifield.
1: You know what they're starting?
2: I I think that's sort of where, for me anyway, when you look at the Orioles, you look at the Blue Jays, you you sort of draw comparisons between a couple of players. Whit and Austin are sort of those two guys, right? They run the bases the way they're supposed to. They catch baseballs. They're getting hits. Austin, I think, has got uh, eight RBIs in his last ten games. Just a really good player. He's a lot of fun to watch. But it's funny how you can listen to a manager. You don't even know what the outcome of the game was. Right. Just listen to the way he talks. You can sort of tell where they're at in the stand. It's kind of funny.
1: Yeah. And, and I mean, the thing with, with Brandon Hyde is, you know, he's at, and he could have included himself in there as being part of the people in the clubhouse no who, who were there when things We've when heard things it, right? weren't going well. Yeah. Right. Uh, Austin Hayes is hitting 322 mm-hmm. right now. His OPS is 887. And they're already talking in Baltimore about. The All-Star and he, All Star right. Game, and 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 I'll tell you what's going to happen. There, folks in Baltimore are saying that you know if he isn't picked, he might be one of the guys in that that extra player vote yeah. where people and people tend to people him. tend to go to, yeah, yeah. to love stories I like, like watching that, them so. play. I do too. I they, do too. Yeah. I like. I mean, it's easy to like them now that walter has gone, but I love watching them play. There's there's a lot about that team. Mount Castle, Adley Rutschman. If you don't like Adley Rutschman, you're not a baseball fan.
2: I do think winning can become a habit. Yeah. And I think it's starting to become that in Baltimore. And that's just – that doesn't bode well for the American League. East. right? It's just they're they're young, they're athletic, and now they know how to win, which is scary.
1: You know, it also doesn't bode well for the American League East. The Orioles, I go on to San Francisco this weekend for three games after playing the Guardians. But what doesn't bode well is when they're out on the West Coast – the New York Yankees are also going to be in the West Coast. Now, tough games. Three-game series against the Mariners and then three-game series against the Dodgers. But get a load of this. By the end of the week, they could have Giancarlo Stanton, mm-hmm. Josh Donaldson, Jose Trevino, Trevino back. They're starting to get some of their relief pitchers. These guys could all be back by the end of next week. And I asked a question before the break about which major league team has the best record in the past 25 games. It is the New York Yankees. Yeah. They're 17-8. and eight. In their past twenty-five games, that includes mm-hmm. going three and three on their just-concluded homestand. And one of the things Aaron Boone has talked about over the past three weeks with all these injuries is how he hopes that kind of the the, the, the grittiness of these wins, the fact that the wins are often ugly, the fact that there's a seat-of-the-pants element to those wins. And we saw Harrison Bader airmail a throw yesterday. The fact that all of this is going on, he hopes that when this team is finally healthy. That will still be a part of their DNA, and this is this is this is how he put it yesterday. Look, I I feel like it's a tough group, Um, and you know we've been through a lot already as a team. Um, We've dealt with a lot, and I feel like the competitiveness of them is that's what they're showing right now Um,
2: and really have been all year. And for the better part of the last few weeks, I just, you know, I've, I've hit, I've hit on it a lot. These, these guys are just, there's a, there's a grittiness to them and a
1: toughness to them and a focus to them that I really like. And we got to keep, we got to keep running that out there. That was Yankees manager, Aaron. We,
2: We talk about Vladdy all the time about Vladdy, you know, where the Jays are at and how much he needs to step up for me. It's Aaron judge, right? He leads the American league in homers with 15, Got an OPS of over a thousand. Anthony Rizzo. Hopefully the neck issue is not a big deal for your Yankees Mm -hmm. fan. He's been raking. You saw that play with Tatis. That was Uh, yeah. It's just he goes and stands up. Right. It was more about when Rizzo tagged him, sort of flipped his foot one side, threw his hip into, I think his shoulder or his neck. Anthony Rizzo's neck. So it looked worse than it did. But why? Why go standing up? Well, like, you, you already got a big enough lead. You sort of messed up the base running part of it. You added to it by going in, standing up. When in doubt, dive. Get yeah. dirty. He I didn't got, do that. I got that impression.
1: I almost got the impression that Rizzo expected him to dive head and, first.
2: And you know Yankees fans are going to pick oh, off the or any chance they get. So, yeah,
1: it's... They will definitely do that. And the Red Sox, we should mention, they've got three games against the Reds and then those games against the Rays, and then they, too, are done with the Rays. For a while, and uh i mean it, it, I mean the American league geese continues to be continues to be the American league geese the red sox though are of, of the 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 teams ahead of the blue jays right now there's four the four teams ahead of the Blue jays right now the red sox are yeah. the
2: Red sox are the team
1: that I think you could, could catch be, him I think you could catch yeah 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 just justin, think could justin
2: catch. turner uh uh Duran is two for his last twenty seven they're sort of uh, Justin Turner's hitting 160. Yeah. Kiki Hernandez is three for his last 18. Casas has only hit two home runs in his last 15 games. Like you can tell, they're sort of coming back to earth yeah. when it comes to their offensive side of the ball. Chris Sale looks better. James Paxton's coming back. You're hoping a lot from him if you're a Red Sox fan. So, yeah, I'm with you. But does it matter if you're in fourth or fifth? This is what it comes down to for nah. me. You got to win 95 games. I mean, that's a big number, and that's what I'm going to go with. It could be 92, could be 93, could be 94, could be 95. 95 but I'm going to say 95 yeah. is something you need to shoot for if you're a Jays fan. That's, 60 more, that's 67 more wins. Forget about what the American League East is doing, who they're playing, who they're not playing, who you're not playing. You need 67. Wins, go out there and try and get them. That, that for me is how you have to yeah, go about it's, this. It's still it's hard. Be tough. It's still harder. To, <clears throat> it's still harder to jump over teams. Yeah, when the you American don't have League games it's, against it's them. Basic, for me, anyway, it's going to be real hard to make up eleven games. Oh, like they're what are they? Le- the Jays are eleven back. half a half. Eleven. That's a, a lot. lot. Yeah. Like so, you're more worried about now getting into the playoffs. Phillies, yep. like yep. you getting the playoffs? Right now, somebody you're worried,
1: hot? Right now you're worried about getting the wild Absolutely. card. Maybe not, maybe not even home field. You're, just worried, you about, you're just worried about getting no into question. the wild card. Uh, which doesn't mean that the season's a wash by no. any stretch of the imagination. Uh-uh. But uh, it does mean that the Rays are uh, Really good. The Rays are good. <laughs> but as you pointed out, Kryptonite, maybe they maybe their road record. Jim Cott is a baseball hall of famer, long time major league broadcaster as well. He's a terrific pitcher, a terrific athletic pitcher, won a ton of gold gloves. We're going to talk to him about the state of pitching in the game right now, maybe get his thoughts on Jose Barrios, and Caleb Joseph, Blue Jay Central analyst, will be along as well. All that ahead on Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590, The Fan, Sportsnet 360, and the Sportsnet Now.
3: stories that matter to Toronto sports fans. The Fan Morning Show with Ailish Forfar and Justin Cuthbert. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: the Toronto Blue Jays are off today. They will be back in action on Tuesday with the first of a three-game series against the Milwaukee Brewers at the Rogers Centre. Adrian Hauser will be on the mound for the Brewers on Tuesday. You say Kikuchi for the Jays. Wednesday will be Julio Teran on the mound for the Brewers. Alec Manoa, fingers crossed, making a start for the Blue Jays. And Thursday at 1.07 p.m., Freddie Peralta starts for the Brewers' Kevin Gossman. We'll go for the Blue Jays. A reminder, that is a 107 game. As always, those games can be heard on Sportsnet 590. The fan, the Sportsnet now, and also, of course, watched on uh, Sportsnet. Uh, Caleb Joseph, Blue Jay Central analyst, will join us at the bottom of the hour. Take a look back at the weekend. Look ahead to the Brewers series and uh, probably take a deeper dive into Jose Barrios. Who, um, who? As we mentioned, I mean, again, the starting pitching this week, Gossman, Brios were fine. Uh, Chris Bassett. Any concern at all that the velo was down? Basically, fastball velo was down across the board. Yeah, I don't one think mile so. an hour, one and a half miles an hour. I
2: don't think so. Not, I mean, it's, it's a, kind of hard to tell with Chris Bassett. Got a isn't lot it? going on, right? Yes, yeah. it is it on purpose? Then, you know, it's, the sinker wasn't working as well as it's been working, and when it's not working, it sort of looked the way it looked.
1: Yeah. Um,
2: Score more runs I <laughs> like that
1: well, you did yeah. lose nine seven wow, mean, score ten, you know anyhow uh by the way,- according to uh baseball savant, Chris bassett threw eight different pitches
2: split finger I don't know. Well, he's all, he's on you don't have nine, and the only one left is the split finger, so I'm assuming <laughs> that's it.
1: I stopped counting, I stopped counting after five
2: hmm. uh. Jim Codd is a former MLB
1: pitcher and broadcaster. He's a 2022 Hall of Fame inductee. He's author of Good as Gold, My Eight Decades in Baseball. Like, wow. you imagine writing a book on no, your awesome. eight decades in baseball? No, it is great. awesome. It's one of our favorite guests, uh, and we're very pleased that Jim Codd has taken time out to join us today on Blair and Barker. Jim, thanks so much for joining us today. You, you know, we spent, I mean, the, the past gosh it seems like almost since his third start of the season for the Blue Jays one of the talking points around this team has been Alec Manoa and just how a guy who was a Cy Young finalist last year I mean well he's this this team's fourth best starter right now if that he almost seems to fallen off the cliff nobody seems to know what's wrong everybody says the side sessions are great all of this stuff but they're There does seem to be an eye out there, an idea out there, and my friend Mr. Barker is probably going to disagree. There does seem to be an idea out there that perhaps it's a combination of conditioning and the pitch timer that is creating an issue for Alec Noah. We hear the word pace used a lot, and I wanted to talk to you as a former pitcher. How important is pace to a pitcher?
5: Well, for me, it was very important, and the pace was a quick one. I mean... (laughs) Uh, especially when I got into the latter stages of my career is probably before you guys, you know, watch, but I, uh, I had this very quick delivery and, you know, we were playing games in an hour 35, hour 40. And, and uh, my, my theory was and Brooks Robinson kind of uh, verified this. He said, you know, you're not giving me time to get in my, when the pitcher starts his windup, I kind of get in my motion and I didn't give him that time. And, course the guys playing behind it loved it so to me it was very important but i think because guys like manoa and maybe other pitchers today are so accustomed to taking a lot of time to kind of think about let their they think they're going to let their arm recover it's going to be better that uh it might be a a difficult adjustment for the only thing i think that i would do if i were his coach uh is I would have him throw some batting practice and uh, cut down on his time between pitches and not overthink and just get it and throw it. And first sign you get, let's go with it and see if that works.
2: Jim, did you ever start a season where one of your better pitches, you, you just didn't have it? And, and if, you, and if hmm. you did, what did you do to combat that? Did you you know, rely more on location? Was it changing speeds? How did you get past it?
5: Well, there were. I think there are very few games where you have all your pitches working. You know, I always felt like if you started forty games, which our goal was, maybe eight to ten, you had real, you know, real electric stuff and command of it. And then there was about eight or ten, no matter what you did, it didn't work. So those twenty in between, you had to figure out a way, you know, what was working and and what wasn't. But if I went through a period of time where you know, say two or three starts where one pitch wasn't working. Our go-to was always to pitch some batting practice because you can say all you want about side sessions, but it's what that guy with the bat does. And even in batting practice, you can tell by reading the bat, you know, what they're doing with the ball. That always gave me a little idea of, uh, you know, of what to do. And I was fortunate to have early on, like a pitching coach, like Johnny Sane and Eddie Lopat. And their theory was, uh, we'll give you ideas, but you have to learn to be your own coach. And I think a pitcher, as he gains experience, he has to learn to correct as quickly as possible. When he's out there, he has to kind of know. The first of uh, first objective, of course, is to own your fastball. It's amazing. I had a great talk with Jeremy Guthrie and Jeff Cirillo uh, playing in the uh, Hall of Fame Classic game. I didn't play. I was a manager, but. We talked about how important, and uh, Jeff Cirillo, as a hitter, pointed that out. When you got a guy that has command of his fastball, both sides of the plate, you know, it's the only pitch you can throw to all four quadrants of the strike zone. So, pitcher's first objective is to command that, and then the all the other stuff works in. But the the tendency is, and I've certainly fallen into it, when you begin to get hit. you lose, you lose confidence in your fastball and you go to the other stuff. And and that's a mistake. You soon find out that's a mistake because command of the fastball is priority number one.
2: Jim, I chuckled when you said make 40 starts. Because you never, you never hear that anymore. That's, that's pretty awesome. Did changing catchers, do you ever think of that? Did you have a personal catcher, like one person that caught you all the time? Or did you have different ones? And if you did have a personal catcher, would it ever help Like Alec Manoa sort of had one, Alejandro Kirk, he would have the same guy, and then they mixed it up, and it seemed to look like at least the pace was better. Like you mentioned and talked about, like, get it and go. Stop thinking about it. Let's go. Come on. If you miss, miss good, right? Your misses can be better here. Let's go. Let's speed this up a little bit. Did that ever help, or is that silly to talk about?
5: No, it's not silly at all. I think I was lucky. Early in my career, you know, I'm a young pitcher, and we had a veteran catcher, Earl Batty, Real mellow, laid back. But, you know, if I got a little sluggish out on the mound, he had a very quick snap throw. And all of a sudden, whew, that ball would come firing back. It was like a wake-up call. Like, hey, let's pay attention here, you know. <laughs> and then when I when I got to Minnesota, Bill Rigney put Phil Roof behind the plate one <laughs> game. And, uh, and Phil and I just, you know what, pitcher and catcher, I'll give you an example. I'm pitching to the Tigers. Willie Horton, big part of their team in the 60s, lethal power hitter lethal fastball hitter. And late in the game I get him like a two two count and I in my brain I'm saying the last thing he expects right now is a fastball. And I look down and Phil Roof puts down fastball. That's the chemistry between a pitcher and a catcher. And you know Steve Carlton and, and Timmy McCarver had it. And you know, I think that's something that uh that a manager has to really pay attention to. I, I think if you remember with the Braves, uh a lot of the guys, even though Javi Lopez was a great offensive catcher, they like pitching to do with Charlie O'Brien. In fact, right. he was up there with you in Toronto, right?
1: Yeah, and I think Greg, didn't, yeah. Greg Maddox, wasn't it Eddie, Pere, uh, Eddie Perez? at Perez, Maddox. Yep. Yeah. Like Greg Maddox, Greg Maddox. That yeah, was so quite. I that was quite an issue. You, yeah, I think
5: once you find a guy, uh, and today, of course, the catching Johnny Bench sort of spoiled it for everybody because he became a power hitting catcher, whereas up to that. It didn't matter what you hit. If you were a good catcher, good defensive catcher, the pitchers had confidence in you. You could hit 200. Of course, hitting 200 now is a little more normal than it was back then. But, uh, you know, and so that was that was the most important thing. And then when guys like Bench and Carter came along, all of a sudden, uh, you know, catcher is an offensive position. So the guys that are really good receivers but don't hit that much, they kind of get pushed uh, out of the lineup.
1: You know, one of the positive stories for the Jays this year has been Jose Barrios, mm-hmm. a guy that I know you would have seen as as a as a Twins broadcaster. He had he had a rough year last year. I, he will admit that he he had a rough year. I don't think he was ever right mechanically. I mean, gosh, he told us coming. I remember him telling us coming out of spring training that. I mean, you can just tell when a guy. Mm-hmm isn't happy with where he is in spring training at the end of it. You can just tell, mm-hmm. but he's been really good. He's been really good this year and he's kind of back to this old consistent self. And that's, there's still a value there, isn't there, Jim? And knowing that a guy is, he, he may not win the Cy Young award, but you might get six innings out of him now, maybe six, six and a two third. And he's going to take the ball every fifth day. He's going to battle. He's going to give you a chance to win. There's still a value in that, isn't there?
5: Oh, no question. When I did Twins games and I first met Jose, I mean, he wanted to be the number one guy. I mean, he conditioned himself. He wanted, I almost think that he tried too hard. And he's got a great curveball. And it goes back to what we talked about earlier. I remember doing one of his first starts. Early in the game, he'd thrown so many breaking balls. He never established command of his fastball. And Jose is the kind of kid that I think it has so much pride and wants to do well that sometimes he makes it too complicated. And as far as mechanics, you know, my go-to was always, I went out to shortstop when I coached for Pete Rose, I would tell my pitchers, let me go roll you some ground balls and you pick it up and hop, step and throw to first, like you're an infielder. That's usually where you find your arm slot and your rhythm. And that was always uh, you know, a go-to thing for me when I was struggling or when I felt like I had some mechanical uh issues but you know Jose as you said has electric stuff and uh I know it would be I hope he still has that electric stuff but when um it, it's frustrating for a guy with a, with a big curveball you don't get a lot of called strikes because mm-hmm. that's a tough pitch for an umpire to call and uh you know, as I said, I was in—I in, fortunate in my youth to have good catchers like Eddie Lopat always used the expression, make that curveball work for you. If you're pitching to Mickey Mantle, okay, he's a fastball hitter. But if you throw curveball one, curveball two, he's a better fastball hitter. So maybe you gamble early in the count and trust your stuff. Now when you get him 0-2 or 1-2, then you can throw that curveball and he might chase it. And if he doesn't, you still got some pitches to work for. But if you throw that curveball early and get in hitters counts, and that's what Jose was doing, I know, for a few starts in Minnesota. Um, So I'm glad to see that he's back because uh, I just love the fact that he, he wanted to be the best there was. You know, he wanted to be an ace, he wanted to be the Cy Young Award winner. So uh, I, I hope he continues uh, that form that you guys have seen from him.
2: Jed, Jim, it's, it's obviously everybody wants to throw the elevated fastball. And Jose, w- while you were talking there, I, I remember when I would watch him throw that he's started to add the elevated two-seamer. Like, you know, he's a natural sinker ball guy, right? He wants the ball down, lay movement, you know, sort of the bowling ball, ground out and those kind of things. But now he's trying to get punch-outs elevated with a little bit of run away from the lefty into the righty. Is that a tough pitch to master? Raven try from a seeker ball guy.
5: Yeah. I, I, I think it is, you know, interesting. You bring that up. I'm sitting around uh, at our golf outing yesterday and talking with Jeremy Guthrie. You remember Jeremy? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Sure. So Jeremy was struggling and, uh, and he got over to Baltimore and, uh, Leo Mazzoni who was a disciple of my favorite pitching coach, Johnny Sane, uh, You know, he said, uh, what's been your problem? So they talked about things, and Leo said, let's go out to the bullpen. So he got warmed up, and Leo said, throw me a fastball, knee-high outside corner to a right-hand hitter. And Jeremy threw it and dotted it right there. He said, throw me another one. Throw me another one. He threw like four. He said, you're going to pitch in the big leagues for a long time. Now, Jeff Cirillo was sitting there as a hitter, and he said, you know, that's the toughest pitch to hit because it's the hardest pitch to reach. And all of a sudden, for some reason, they've gone away from that, you know, low pitch is good, and and I've heard guys say, well, the sinking two-seam fastball's dead. Well, it's not dead. Now, guys, like it happened to Rick Porcello several years ago, best sinker ball pitcher in the game, all of a sudden, let's elevate the fastball, he leads the league in giving up home runs. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. uh, I, I think, you know, my first meeting as a coach, when I coached for Pete, I said to pitchers, this be the shortest meeting you guys have ever had. For as long as this game's been around, it's high and tight, low and away. Get your breaking pitches over when you're behind in the count. And, uh, of course, when you mention that elevated fastball, the one pitch that really hurts uh, pitchers because they can't use it anymore is using that high fastball to push a hitter off the plate. You know, not to hit him, but to make him move his feet. But now if you guys watch enough games, you know that – They're sitting up there expecting the ball to be on a tee. They have no fear of it coming in at them, Mm -hmm. which is unfortunate. Some guys are getting hit in bad places because they just don't ever think a pitcher's going to throw it in there. But uh, that's another thing that I I think would make uh, pitchers more effective. They would use that pitch to push guys off the plate, and then it kind of opens up that outside corner at the knees a little bit more.
1: Jim, do you like the way the game is being played right now with, with the rules changes? you know obviously it's sped up. The, the the game is sped up i mean the you know that that's obvious just have to have to look at the time yeah. of game but with the pitchers being able to call their own pitches with pitchcom and things of like that do you, do you like the way the game is going right now
5: i uh, you know it's it's i love the game we were talking about it at the hall of fame this past weekend i follow it uh i still do a little ambassador work for the twins baseball ops people and most managers and coaches really they don't have too much to do with what we did it, you know, in our day. So I (laughs) just stay out of the way, you know, (laughs) but I like the fact that the pitch clock has enabled them to, uh, to work faster. I think it's easier on the guys out in the field that aren't standing there for three and a half hours, but the, the strategy and sometimes the the basic things uh, I'll give you an example. I'm watching the ninth inning of the Tigers and Rangers today. And I, I actually, I was looking, I was going to find the horse races. And <laughs> race I, I see, I see, well, I'm just going to watch it. So Tigers, uh, Rangers are leading five, nothing. They bring in a pitcher named LeClerc.
3: Mm-hmm.
5: But do is the first hitter. Now they, they put LeClerc's pitching line up there. And his big issue is getting the ball over the plate. So if I'm on a team, we're down five and zero. Oh, our first hitter is going to say, I'm going to make this guy throw a strike. And so, but do swings at the first two pitches. Now it's 0 and 2 Now, as a pitcher with a 5-0 lead and 0-2, I, I might waste one pitch, but I'm going to say, you know what? The chances of me giving up five home runs in a row uh, are slim. They're in my, so, I'm going to throw strikes. Well, you know, the next four pitches are not even close and he walks the leadoff hitter. I said, that's enough. You know, those those are the kind of things that I think, I don't know if they're taught, you know, as uh, uh, I use the two terms, knowledge and wisdom. Yes. And uh, the, the statistical guys, I don't use the word analytics anymore if I don't have to, because all they are is statistics. But the statistical guys could tell you, And I'll use a Robin Roberts, a great Hall of Famer example. They can tell you, well, this is the way in general you should pitch Willie Mays. But wisdom is when Robin Roberts would say when they asked him how you pitch Willie Mays, he said, tell me the score, the inning, and the count. And see, he he led the league in giving up home runs, but he won 20 games eight years in a row. Mm Mm-hmm. So if Robbie's got a 5 nothing lead, it's here it is. Put it in play. Yeah. And those kind of simple basics, I think, are what frustrates me with the game. And then I guess, you know, the bigger bases uh, as far as limiting pitchers throwing over to first base, I don't like anything – that messes with the integrity of the strategy. I didn't like it when they brought in the rule, pitcher has to face three hitters. Because mm-hmm. in my latter years, and I got a World Series ring from it, I was a lefty-lefty specialist. Right. Well, Whitey Herzog would, would bring me in to, to face a left-hand hitter, but he doesn't want me in there facing Joe Carter or <laughs> something like that. So, and So things like that I don't like. But the pitch clock, I think, has really had a positive effect on it.
1: Jim, listen, it's really good, oh, of, awesome. it's, it's good of you to join us today. Terrific uh, to hear your voice. Congrats congrats on the book. And, again, keep going, my friend. Yeah, absolutely. It's always good to
2: talk to you. You're the best. Thank you. All right. I enjoyed it. Take care, guys. Thanks.
1: Take care. It's Jim Cott, former MLB pitcher and broadcaster, author of Good as Gold, My Eight Decades in Baseball. Um, I don't know if you remember uh, it was a playoff game. It was a playoff game, I think, or but we had Jim on from the Rogers
2: Center. Uh, well, we've only had him on, and this it was is the terrific. second time, maybe. I think
1: we've had him, we've had this him on before, but he was times. from the Rogers Center. He was doing a game. Yeah, he was doing a game for yeah. MLB Network, mm-hmm. or whatever it was. But and then he kind of hung around for about twenty minutes afterwards and just talked. And it's great. There's something about there's something about hearing a guy talking about pitching to Mickey Mantle.
2: <laughs> what you know he I said 40 the, starts. I Make the, starts I always tell you cringe every time he said 40 starts like 40 starts
1: I always tell us I always tell the story awesome. the story about doing an interview with Vince Scully one time in the press box at Dodger Stadium and I was doing a piece on Russell Martin when Russell was had just uh kind of broken into the majors and became the Dodgers everyday catcher and and I just kind of absent mindedly said, you know, is there another Dodgers Catcher that Russell Martin reminds you of? And then you realize you're talking to Vin Scully, who's literally seen almost every Dodger's catcher. No right? question. And then he started going through, well he does this like this and this like this and this like this and this like this, like this guy and this guy and this guy. And I'm like feverishly writing down notes, you know, and then you just kind of realize the 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 amount of of knowledge and and the amount of firsthand uh, the whole mind's eye thing—just yeah, yeah, yeah. the amount of of of. of- of information and, and firsthand experience that Vince Scully had was, I, I, was I, think, remarkable. I
2: think listen to Jim talk. It's as easy as let the scoreboard tell you what to do. Guys used it's, to it's talk. A, you know it's what? so simple, right? Guys it's, used it's, to, it's to like talk you about don't run on contact in the first yeah. inning when you're the runner on third, you don't do that. Right. Because it's the first inning and the scoreboard will tell you not to do that. Guys, right? guys used to talk about uh, pitching to the scoreboard all the things. time. Oh, it's just, it's, 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 you it's, know. Too much common sense. Well, it's also simplified. It you know what? It, it, that much. Well, it really is. It, it's also. I mean, it, it's guys could
1: pitch to the guys could pitch to the scoreboard if they knew that they could stay in the game for eight innings if they had to stay in the game for eight. That's yeah. the problem now is nobody's going to stay in the game for eight innings. So it's hard to tell a guy who wants to get paid, pitch to the scoreboard. And he goes, Nah, I don't want to have an ERA of 535 or whatever yeah. after four innings. I'm not pitching to the scoreboard. I want to try to strike somebody out. Yeah, it's a different world. And that's it what is. I've often said. There are a lot of things, and, and I, I, I get the argument, but I think sometimes you have to step back a bit and go, you know, all of that stuff worked. When a pitcher knew his manager was going to give him seven innings, Mm -hmm. you just knew that going in? The the number of pitchers from back in the day that would tell you that my job was to go out and Jack Morris used to say this. My job was to go out and pitch nine innings and for you to win. Uh That was my job. My job wasn't to go seven and two thirds. My job wasn't to go eight. Nobody even says that anymore. No. Because starting pitchers know that it's not going to happen. Yeah. So you have to keep that in mind. Uh, While Jim was talking, a little bit of uh, news crept over the wire here, courtesy of our our friends at MLB.com. And, uh, I mean, I guess if you're sort of looking for, I don't know if you want to take, you know, if you're necessarily going to find happiness in others' grief, but uh, a story out of Baltimore post-game today is that Cedric Mullins uh, left in the eighth inning and the initial diagnosis was a right abductor groin strain. Ooh. Uh he was he's still undergoing further testing at Camden Yards, but it, it's funny because we talk about the Jays by and large avoiding injuries, although certainly now with Danny Jansen and and maybe with Kevin Kiermaier that's changed. But the Orioles, mm-hmm. the only big league players on the IL are John Means, Tommy John recovery. Yeah. And Dylan Tate. Uh and 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 as a matter of fact, this is a I don't even know what to make of this. Last year when the Orioles won 83 games, they never had an outfielder go on the I. L huh. for a, they didn't have anybody on the I. L at all an outfielder at all. So there you go. Cedric Mullins, a very important part of what of what the Orioles do. And he, what he's got, 12 doubles, three triples, eight homers, thirty-nine RBIs. Um, terrific defender. If he's out for a while, yeah, for I'll, the Orioles, well, that's
2: helps. Austin Hayes is really good. Ryan Mountcastle's doing things. Well, they've got like they got enough to make up for it. And of course, and you in know in what's going to happen. Place. They'll probably find some dude down they're in, in the second mine. place. Not there in second place. And they've like got that
1: helps a lot. They've got some young guys down in the minors that might be able to bring up too, to sure, help. Sure, it's up.
2: not going to help because he's a really good player and a good defender and can hit. And you see, he can help carry a team for yeah. three or four games. So I hope he gets back sooner than later. He's a good player. He's fun to watch. They're a fun team. I hate to admit this because you've said this first. They are a fun team to watch, especially when they're all healthy and you know they're they're trying to they're they're athletic and they're a little. How dare you not like us? And I kind of like watching that. They, yeah, there there's a, uh, they're just there's there's a way they go. And I, I noticed
1: this in Toronto. There's a way they go about their business, sort of like their manager Brandon Hyde. He's just sort
2: of he's sort of like don't look over here. <laughs> yeah like there's a little of that. there is in the american league east you gotta have it we're tired I, of being picked on yeah i i like, I, think, I, I, th- I think i think there's a little
1: to that i think there is i think there is a little bit of that a little and um but anyhow again if if cedric mullins is that we don't know but if, if fingers crossed an okay. abductor injury and Doesn't groin injuries are you know uh Doesn't they need good. they need to be monitored uh, that's for sure. A reminder that the Jays are off today. They'll start a three game series against the Brewers tomorrow night. 707 will be the first pitch on Sportsnet 590, the fan Sportsnet now. And of course, the uh, Sportsnet TV channels. Adrian Hauser against Yusei Kakuchi, Alec Manoa, Julio Tehran on Wednesday. Freddie Peralta, Kevin Gossman. Thursday's game is a 107 first pitch. Caleb Joseph is our Blue Jay Central Analyst on Sportsnet and uh, we want to take a look back at the weekend and look ahead to this week with Caleb Joseph maybe focus in a little bit on that Alec Manoa start on Wednesday there'll be a lot i would imagine uh, a lot of people focusing we on that we can talk
2: some hitting too particular game that's okay we can talk some hitting as well yeah, we, we have to talk that. pitching well we can talk hitting i as well. mean
1: all, i know you're dying
2: once. they play once a week
1: you're you're dying Talk hitting you're dying to talk elevated fastball.
2: Ah, oh, it's a tough one. You might have, you should have worn like a T-shirt in here today that said elevated <laughs> fastball. Okay, you want to eliminate the shift? You know what you do? You throw the elevated fastball. Well, we'll find it. We'll
1: ask. Uh, we'll ask Caleb Joseph about that. Caleb Joseph's next. It's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590, The Fan, Sportsnet, and Sportsnet Now. The most opinionated Maple Leaf show out there. Real Kipper and born. Be sure to subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. A reminder, if you're listening to us via podcast, please rate us and review us. (laughs) Give Barker five stars. Barker's pretty. Give him five stars.
2: That's true. (laughs) Shaved today.
1: You did? I did. A little gray creeping into that there beard, though. That's
2: your fault. How, How many years I've been working with you? Eight. That's, that's really? a lot.
1: That is a lot. Is it
2: eight? I think it's eight. Probably. Whoa. Yeah, it's eight.
1: <sighs> eight years. Great. Um no baseball tonight. No Jays baseball anyhow. Boo. Uh, lots of good baseball going on. It seems like there's a, I'm just seems like everybody's shutting somebody out. Like there were four shutouts already. Strowman had uh carried a no hitter into mm. the into the seventh inning. What did the uh the Royals do? Um they had a bullpen game and uh, there were six out oh uh, they were six outs from major league baseball's first combined perfect game until Nolan Arenado and Wilson Contreras hit back to back singles in the eighth inning. Mm. Uh in uh the Royals seven nothing win at Bush Stadium. So uh it's Memorial Day in the States and so there's a ton of games going on. It appears as if the pitchers are winning the day. Mm. Uh, Caleb Joseph is our blue Jay central analyst on Sportsnet. He joins us on, uh, Blair and Barker. Mr. Joseph, thanks so much for taking time out to talk to us today. We truly appreciate it on a long weekend mm-hmm. and uh, hopefully you've got the barbecue fired up and you better like good stuff. Yeah.
4: You know, we're moments away from setting the entire neighborhood on fire. <laughs> there you so, go. And I wanted to say, Jeff Blair, you deserve a medal for having to work with Barker that long. You deserve hey, save, some sort of medal. Thank you.
1: It's nice of you to say that. That is, I, it, that is, the, that is not true. <laughs> I mean, it's it is nice of you to say that, <laughs> I, and you know, I, it's hey, nice to know that people Jack appreciate. Pot's what
2: I like to say, okay, you hit it.
1: Yeah, it's nice that people yeah. appreciate the amount of work that goes into this oh, yeah. on a uh, on a daily basis. Uh, Caleb, thank you for that, uh, and. Uh, <laughs> Barker's not saying anything, nope. so it, so it's work.
4: <laughs> Lies. Uh, he's going to put me in a headlock next time I see it. Uh, probably. Probably.
1: <laughs> well, he would have done that
4: anyhow, but uh, that's beside the point.
1: <laughs> you know, Barker did ask a uh, – Parker kind of asked a, a question, and at the, mo- at the time I really didn't give it a lot of thought, but it, it really did kind of sum things up. I mentioned to him that the Jays took two of three from the Twins, and he said, did it feel that way? <laughs> and I said – Actually, no, it kind of didn't. <laughs> it almost feels like they, uh, they lost the series. Look, they did take two or three. Uh, again, there was, there was, you know, sloppiness even in the win yesterday. The, you know, the, the, some of the base running left a little bit to be desired. Mm-hmm. But uh, what do you, where is this team right now, Caleb? Yeah, they're in, they're in last place in the AL East. But where are they now compared to what, where you thought they'd be? You know, we're what? We're third of the way through the season.
4: Yeah, great question. I I really envision them being at the top, at least one or two. I felt like the way that Tampa came out, that Toronto would be right next to them, and you know that it's just a matter of time before the Yankees start becoming injured, which they did. And yeah, they're they're they are not where I expected them to be. The good thing is there's a ton of games left to be played. Yet they're they're up a creek now. They have a paddle, but it seems like they're only swimming on one side with that paddle like they'll Mm -hmm. go far 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 left and then they'll try and overcorrect and then go far 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 right and you don't really feel like you might be moving in the water but you're not really moving forward and i think that's why this last series against the twins felt like that it's it's two out of three you take that they hadn't won two out of three in a bit and so you take that it's a series win it's something you can you can move forward with yet. It still feels like they're kind of treading water in just the way that they're playing. And this is what seems a little bit shocking to me is they, they came out of the gate, really playing pretty clean, solid baseball. I remember the first 2025 20, games thinking, wow, they've really cleaned up a lot of stuff. The additions of Kiermaier Varsho. They, they play the game hard. They play quote the right way. They're, uh, they're making good decisions on the base pass. They're hitting the right cutoff, men. They're doing things that championship teams do to win and it seems like somebody just turned the light off and they've forgotten how to run the bases and they've forgotten how to do a lot of very fundamental things and I was talking to a player on the team and I said well what do you think and he said you know what sometimes you can try so hard to play the perfect game that you end up making mistakes that you haven't made in five or ten years because there's such a tight grip on trying to play that perfectly clean solid baseball game. And I said, well, how do you fix that? Like, what what do you suggest? He said, play like you're ready to make a play. Just be ready to make a play. Stay engaged and be ready to make a play. Play it before the next play happens. And a lot of times with some of this base running stuff, you get so concentrated on effort that you forget about scenario and what's going on and playing it before it happens. So it seems simple. It, it's not by any means the end all fix, but – Sometimes getting back to basics is, uh, is simple.
2: Okay, I'm going to ask you a tough question. Sir, it's early in the season, but I'm going to ask you anyway. It's not early. It's okay. the end of May. Well, standings don't matter, do they? Oh, never so mind. So, it's early. Right. Uh, should I stop saying that Vladdy is the best hitter on the Blue Jays team? Should I stop saying that?
4: I think Vladdy has the potential to be the best hitter on the Blue Jays team. Like, right now, if I'm catching – and the game's on the line, and I had to pick my poison, I'm picking Vladdy over Bo I, just because I feel like there's ways around his spots. I feel like I could pitch sequences to get him to hit the ball off the end of the bat, whereas Bo, I might have one spot, and I have to, got, I have, to have a guy on the mound that can execute it perfectly, and, I, and it's, it's a tough spot to go to. It sounds crazy, but I, as of right now, I would pick, I would pick Vladdy. I would try and throw to Vladdy. Yet, when Vladdy gets hot, when he's on time, when he swings at the right pitch, like you've been saying for months and months yeah, yeah. and months, he is deadly. He just he chases in off the plate, and Barker, you know, when you chase in off the plate, yeah. you're just totally exposed to the outer half. And you know, and I talked I I, I talked to Bo about this with Vladdy. I said, how far advanced is he in terms of his approach? And he said, he's, he's continuing to work on it. And I think the work that, you know, the, the hitting coaches do, and and so much of it is about your plan. And can you go up there, have a plan, execute your plan and get your a swing off. And more times than not, I feel like he's so good, so talented, that he goes up there thinking I can hit any pitch in any spot. I'm just going to go up there and rip it. Yep. And these guys are really good. And you've got to have a plan, well, a very refined plan.
2: Caleb, most most people would tell you great hitters don't have as many holes as Vladdy does. You look at Vladdy's heat charts, and I can't believe I'm saying this because I am a giant fan. The things he does when he is on time with a certain pitch and a certain spot, the way he rotates and ball comes off his bat for me anyway, second to none. But it's rare that it does that because of, his holes, right? It's the ball down. It's the ball up and in. It's like the Mike Trout thing, right? He got a little window like real close to his chin that you can get him out. Mm -hmm. How many people can go there consistently? (laughs) It's rare. Vladdy, I can go to Vladdy a lot of places down and a lot of places in and up and in. Caleb, those Mm -hmm. are a lot of spots for what we call a great hitter. That's why I'm asking the question, should I just stop saying that until he corrects one of the two? Or the other question I would have is, is it a big enough sample size that you don't think he can correct it?
4: No, I I think he can correct it. I think he's got to pick and choose his spots. So this is just refined approach. And I remember... Um, The two guys that worked with some of of these Blue Jays hitters this spring, Victor Martinez and Edwin Encarnacion, and I played against these guys. Mm -hmm. These two guys were the hardest guys that I had to try and call pitches against because their process, quote, quote, their plan, their approach was so refined. They knew exactly what they were looking. They were disciplined in that. And it didn't mean that they were continuing to do the same approach every time. It changed at-bat to at-bat, and that's what messes you up as a catcher. What I need to say about Blatty is it's not that he has to actually let the ball down go. It's if he's going to swing at the one down, you have to let the one up go. Mm. If you want to swing at the ball in off the plate, it's totally fine. But you better step in the bucket, squish the bug, and get it going, mm. and not be jammed and tied up on the inner half. You've got to let the ball on the outer half go. It's very, it sounds very simple, but yeah. it takes months and months and years and years to refine this, which I think – you're starting to see with Bo Bichette. How often have we talked about Bo Bichette chasing this year? Like, never. Yeah. We don't talk about it anymore. You also don't see
1: those swings where his helmet goes flying off anymore.
4: It's a guy that, know he is just, I think the extension helped with Bo. It's a little bit different. But this is a guy who really knows himself. Like, he finally, not grew up, but he finally just looked in the mirror and said, this is who I am. I'm going to go be the best version of who I am and be disciplined in what I do great. The problem with Vladdy is when he gets to that ball on the inner half, he can hit it at 19 degree launch angle 115 miles an hour and it skim the top of the wall and kill somebody in the front row and hit it for a homer. And so when you hit that one pitch, you think, yep I can hit it. And you start chasing and chasing and chasing and then you're vulnerable outside. So it's just a matter of a refined approach like he can hit all those pitches if he's hunting them and he's looking for them, and he's ready to hit that pitch he's not going to hit the pitch that's running in off the plate if he's sitting soft out over and I think that's what we see a lot is I think he's got a plan and then he sees a you know he, he might be sitting outside soft and he sees something hard coming into him and he really wants to hit it and he'll change his plan in a matter of milliseconds and that's when you see him get tied up and not get the barrel to the baseball.
2: Old school, look right down the middle, good old number one. Never go wrong with that. They've been a bunch of Hall of Famers that go to the Hall of Fame doing it that way. It's an interesting thought, right? It's sort of all over the place. You see them in big situations. You just look to me like right now he's an easy out. Maybe that's what you look when you're struggling. I got to ask you a question. Elevated fastball, when you're catching, what would tell you from a hitter that you can get them out with an elevated fastball? Explain it to us.
4: It's a great question. First off, the khakis will give you a huge spreadsheet that has a huge white width zone up there. So you have a decent idea, but yeah. what what you're looking for is, I mean, I'm honest with you, this, is some really in-depth stuff. And maybe I was the only guy that did it, but you know, people think when they see a baseball bat that when they see marks on the baseball bat, that that's where the guy hit the ball and they're wrong. You only leave a mark on the bat, unless it's an indention, two totally different things if you foul the baseball off. So what I tried to see was when they fouled it off, I would look at the barrel of their bat and you can tell whether it's an ink smudge or if it's a dark colored barrel, you can see kind of a white leathery smudge on it where that smudge was. And you look at the bat before they get up, when they're tapping the home plate, when they get into the box, and you can tell, you can look, you can see, okay, here's, here's a mark. There's a mark. There's a mark. And when they foul it off, you can look and see, okay, he was jammed. He's late. He's really late. Or, is out in front guys off the end of the bat. And that will tell you right there, but it's pretty much whiff. like, if you've got whiff and you have, if you feel like you can feel it when you're back behind the plate, when a guy is having to rush to get to that ball, I don't know else how to really explain it, but you can feel when he's having to get it going early. And then, you know, okay, he's set up for soft away, or we can keep going up there up and up and up and raise the ladder. But, does any of that make sense? I, I know, like maybe the smudging on the on the bat sounds a little bit weird, but sometimes a foul ball straight back, people think, "Oh, he's right on it." They're actually late, and you got to figure out how late they are so that you don't feed right into their plan.
1: Yeah, it's funny hearing you say that because one of the things Josh Donaldson always talked about it. He used to say the same thing: fouling a ball straight back doesn't mean that I was that I was right on it. It just not to Josh, anyhow. It didn't. Yep. It may change from from hitter to hitter, but he didn't see it that way either.
4: Yeah, what it is, is is so it means the angle of your bat was right on time. If 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 you're if you're catching it if you're fouling it straight back, if it's straight back now if it's high and it goes back and goes like up into the fourth deck or the fifth deck at Rogers Center, that's a guy that's out in front. Mm-hmm. Now if you foul it straight back, ninety nine percent of the time that person's late because remember the swing arc is moving upwards as it continues from the hitting zone all the way back behind the hitter's body as it moves across the plate, as it gets out in front of the plate, it's moving upwards. So if they foul it straight back, you're actually the, – the bat isn't all the way out in front enough, and if you move that up another tick or two, that's when you square the ball up versus hitting the bottom eighth of the ball. And you would be so shocked at how many foul balls straight back are right off the label on a guy's bat. Hmm. You would be shocked. I could – I would think, man, he. I think he was on that. And I'd look at his bat, and there'd be a there'd be a mark right by his label. And I was like, man, he almost fooled me because the speed of the of the swing looks really good, but and the foul ball comes, it goes whizzing past your head, and it it feels like he was on it. But you look down at the mark on the bat, and it's it's right next to the handle. And then you're going, all right, let's go back in there again because if he moves this forward, it's it's going to be a pop up to my pitcher.
1: Nice. Uh, last question before you let you run a uh, point of contention with Mister Barker myself. I've been really. I wouldn't say excited, but I've been pleased with what I've seen from Nate Pearson. I'm not ready to – Parker's rolling his eyes. I'm not ready to, uh, <laughs> you know, to, to turn the ninth inning over to him yet. And Sounds like I, sure. No, but I and I agree with Parker. You know, this still – Pete's got to come out every now and then and just kind of go, you throw 99, right? He's got to go out oh, and mention man, it yeah. to him. But are you seeing enough from Nate Pearson that suggests to you that we're on the verge of maybe seeing him be good enough – to certainly knock a guy like Jimmy Garcia down a notch in Trevor the pecking Richards. order.
4: <laughs> Trevor Richards, I mean, he strikes out the world. Trevor Richards, Absolutely. Good, good grief! I mean, it's he's borderline opener for me. Uh, but anyways, we're talking about Pearson. Pearson, mm-hmm. yeah, he's intriguing to me. If if he would stop throwing three two breaking balls to eight hole hitters with nobody on in a two run game, I, I would I would really be on this guy. That's what scares me. Is and I don't know who's calling it and you can't really expect a rookie to truly truly call his own game but mm-hmm. I mean this guy's triple digits and guys just you you it's a hard fastball and I've said this before on your show he is it's a herky-jerky motion when I caught him there are some guys fastballs that are light that you can just tweeze you can catch it like like using tweezers in your glove it's it's no problem you can see it it comes out fairly straight you've got a good beat on it nate pearson's is not that way it's the way he jerks his head down the arm angle the the extension the big body the frame where it comes out it's just like a bowling ball coming through that hitting zone and it's not fun to catch and if it's not fun to catch it's not fun to hit i can promise you that i like the maintained velocity that he seems to be bringing just about every night it's it's not 95 94 one night and then a random 99 he's been maintaining his velocity pretty well and that tells me he's comfortable in that role deep in the bullpen i do wish he would just straight up go with that 83 86 curveball i will feel like it's going to be a hard pitch for him to really master until he throws it more and more and more i get the quote sexiness of that slider but I really love the speed differential between that breaking ball. But if he can maintain his velocity and just keep pitching and not throw three-two breaking balls to eight-hole hitters, I think he's on. I think the Blue Jays are on to something. Hmm.
1: Caleb, really good of you to join us today, Way man. To go, enjoy, enjoy the rest of your long weekend. Thanks yeah. so much.
4: See you, yep, buddy. You got it. See you guys. All right.
1: Caleb Joseph, Blue Jay Central analyst. So there you go. He's on my side when it comes to Nate Pearson.
2: I'm on your side too. I just, Ryan, I, I just, you've got this, this, this I just, bizarre. I'm not giving him the ball thing. to two, three, four in the order up a run. It ain't happening. I'm sorry, that's me. When you, why not? That's me because, because uh, yeah, huh. Do you want to find out or do you not want to find no, out? No, I want to win games. It ain't about finding out anymore. Yeah. I mean, I, I sort of know what he can do in the seventh against. Uh, what did he come He came in the yeah. eighth inning the other okay. day. I know so, you were texting me like crazy. So you're never. To whoever you were texting. All right, so we're never, ever, ever. We're never going to use him. Eight, nine, one, We're I never going to use him in that situation. No, I never said that. If the okay. other two or right. three are not available, sure. you can use okay. him. Okay, you,
1: you, you ride and die with Jimmy Garcia, my man. Ride and die with Jimmy Garcia. I never said that. Interesting. No. Just saying. Uh, do we have time to do the back leg line? 416-413-3959. I may have pooched the clock here. I may have pulled a. All right. Let's uh yeah, let's squeeze uh one call in the back leg line for those of you who don't know. Well, of course, you know what it is anyhow. Absolutely. But it is your chance to leave uh questions, comments, uh recipes, jokes for Kevin Barker. What do we have, uh, Mark Boffo? Who 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 was bold enough and brave enough to call us? Bill in Ottawa, the nation's Bill. capital Can Nice.
4: Something popped into my head that I wonder if what you guys think of it. Do you think the contract situation with Vladdy is, could be causing some of his issues? You know, Bo, he's got three years, he's set, he's done, he doesn't got to worry about it, and he's playing great. Vladdy, you know, still waiting for that big contract, and he hasn't gotten it, and maybe it's in his head a little bit. Um, let me know what you guys think. I'll go back another day. I've got a great uh crock pot chicken uh nice. recipe. We'll there take you it. go. We'll I love it. me some
1: crock pots. We'll thanks a lot, man. I love you some you, you, I love me some crock pots. Uh Bill in Ottawa, thanks for the question.
2: Absolutely. Really? Absolutely. Why? He's a he's a kid who
1: wants to get paid. He is going to make more money the next three years. I mean, he's, Let me finish. he's wanting a big a big number. He's a gonna big, make a big number, he's gonna big, 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 big number Parker he's, gonna, just, he's gonna mark to marker me all you want. He wants a big number. He is going to make more money in the next three <laughs> well, maybe, years. Let me finish. He's going to make more money in the next three years going year to year than Bo is going to make in his uh, 3 years. It's not year the same as a, a five is. or six, six or seven-year deal. Okay. But he's not getting a five or six or seven-year I
2: understand he's not. He's going to make no, way no.
1: more money than Bo over the uh, next we, three years. We understand we more. understand that that's not way the point. more. ah oh. See, normally I would get into the whole Nor- contract thing. I, 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 no, I don't think it's got anything to do with it. Oh, uh, I mean, it might, but he's gonna. Well, I mean, if he's gonna sit it? down and do the numbers, he's gonna make more money than Bo over the next That's three years. That's not the void. He's gonna make more money than Bo well, over the next Bo, three years. What did
2: Bo say? I appreciate you thinking that I can, I can do something and help this team win a championship. You know how you do that? Make the wallet fatter. Give me three years. Bo's, That's how you do Bo's it. Wallet. Security. Bo's wallet isn't going to be as fat as Vladdy's wallet well, over the next three I, I, years. It's I, I just not. I think know that, but that's not the point. Yeah. All right. I'm not saying that's all of it, because that's not
1: all of it. I mean, I'm sure it's got to – look, I'm sure Vladdy – it, Vladdy was a guy that for the past three years has said, "Yeah, I want to sign. Yeah, 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 I want to sign." Hasn't signed, and he hasn't signed. No, and all the Jays have said, "We'd like to sign you too. We'd like to sign you too. We'd like to sign you too." But it's got to be fair. It's got to work for have both they sides. They said that. They've said it's got to be fair for both sides. Well, well clearly, what one hmm. side thinks is fair isn't what the mm-hmm. other side thinks is fair. I mean, at this point, go year to year with the guy. If you that way. If you don't win the World Series in the next two years or three years, you know how you're you, going to be blowing the thing up anyway. You know can help
2: get those, that big deal? It's helped him win 67 more games and do a lot during those games.
1: I think that, Absolutely. I think that train's left the station. Vladdy could go on and have an oh. MVP season. He's not going to get a long-term contract. I'm not saying long-term,
2: but you could push him to, to sign no. you to a decent deal. Okay.
1: I don't think he can. I think Vladdy's already...
2: We're not talking ten years, obviously. I'm not. I'm. But I'm, whatever that number would be times whatever he wants. Don't think yeah, so. yeah. Don't think so.
1: Okay. It's me.
2: I don't. I don't think so. I think
1: Vladdy would have signed by now if that was going to be the case. And um, mm. I think, and it doesn't mean. Certainly, ownership's pretty. If Vladdy wants to gets thirty seven million dollars next year out of out of arbitration, the Jays will pay him thirty seven million without. Yes.
2: But it's more homers. Yeah. Mm. hit a homer at home. Yeah. That would help. That's it for
1: us. There's no baseball tonight. There will be tomorrow, and there will also be Blair and Barker tomorrow as well on Sportsnet 590 Defense. Sportsnet now. And Sportsnet, have yourself a great night.